Welcome to Closing Time Podcast for the week of July 21st, 2019. I am Joe McGuire along with Abby Bro. Make sure you visit the website, closingtimepodcast.com. You get all of our great stories, tips, and so much more. Go to closingtimepodcast.com. Now, uh, tomorrow, Inman Connect 2019 Las Vegas officially kicks off, Abby, at the Area Resort in Sin City. Uh, residential real estate's biggest event of the year. 4,000 top producing agents, brokers, franchise executives, everybody who's anybody is going to be there. There's over 250 speakers from inside and outside the industry. It's a very impressive list. Yeah. I guess everyone but us are there. We're, We're going to be there next year. Yeah. Headlining. Headlining. Yeah, I can't wait. I actually went to Inman Connect uh, a couple years ago. It was really good. Um, it's a really great time to kind of, um, you know, network with everybody, see what's going on, kind of get rejuvenated. And um, yeah, I look forward to going next year. It's a place to get inspired and, and collect lots of takeaways that yeah. you can kind of implement into your business. And we could hear, you know, um, the speakers. So we got, what is it this year? We got Rich Barton from the Zillow Group. Um, Eric Wu from Open Door is going to be there. And uh, Glenn Kelman from Redfin, in addition to 250 others. That is, I mean, it is, you know, it's a good idea. It's a good idea to go. It's a good idea to network. And again, you know, you could you could learn a lot about business and yeah. what's working for other people. That's what it's all about in this business, I think, is just keeping up, navigating change, kind of gaining insight on new technologies. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on because there's some uh, cool startups that yeah. uh, NIR is getting behind. Uh, so we'll kind of sink our teeth into some of that as and well. plus but- Vegas, baby. I know. Right? So I mean, really. Pack your bag, jump on a plane, go. 4,000 realtors in Vegas. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. They're all at Tau. Like, right on. Drinking. I love you. been to Vegas? Yeah, of course. Vegas is the best. Um, I drove cross country, and Vegas was one of our stops. I don't really drink, and I don't gamble, mm. but I people watch. Actually, oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great that's place to do it. That's the best place to do it. I used to work at a uh, marketing agency, and one of our clients had a convention every year for a week in Vegas. And so my job was to set everything up. So I would go a week in advance and you know get everything ready for the big wigs. And um, so I basically lived in Vegas for over two weeks uh, once a year. And my, awesome. this was like before me too, but my company would put me up in Hooters. Is that right? Because it was the cheapest <laughs> and closest <laughs> to the convention center. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't mind it. It was a nice hotel. <laughs> I bet you the wings were great. The wings were fabulous. Well, I was a vegetarian then. I'm recovered now. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Anyway, yeah. so it, it does, it officially kicks off tomorrow uh, with a huge workshop. Uh, but but very exciting time of the year if you're a realtor. Bigger, better, bolder. I like that. Yeah. Let's see what they could do next year when we go. Mm. Right? All right. Uh, so we've got a lot to share with you this week, including five outdated seller beliefs that agents need to debunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the success of HGTV and, and all of the online information has sort of shifted the ground rules of real estate. So first, we need to be aware of this. The three fundamental changes that have occurred to the home buying and selling landscape. Number one is the advent, obviously, of HGTV. This has really ruined real estate for 
agents in particular, because, you know, when you watch reality TV mm-hmm. and you're like, is that what life's like on the Jersey Shore? No, not really. Not really. Just for those people. Right. I think HGTV is a wonderful, wonderfully presented base, best case scenario of, of a real estate transaction. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it never, never happened that way. And the best part is you get to choose from more than three properties. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Maybe not 30, but. 30 is a lot. Yeah. But it's going to be I'll more show you than 30. three. Yeah. And you're not going to have to sign instantly in a coffee shop. No. It'll never happen that way. <laughs> Usually just dot loop. Um, yeah. No, actually, but I have to contribute or I have to say thank you to HGTV because I think that's why I started my career. <laughs> I will say this. Look, people are, are much more in tune to how it works. Yeah. But they're presenting like a facade and it's doesn't help. Oh, I, I totally got a wake up call like the first day in real estate that that is not how it works. And, you know, yeah. this is for every industry, too. I mean, I have uh, tattoo artist friends that are like, by the way, you don't get a tattoo in a day. <laughs> and it hurts. <laughs> and it hurts. Yeah. Uh, change number two, the advent of mobile devices in HD Internet connectivity. Uh, buyers used to have to visit a home. Now they can pretty much look at the pictures. I just went to a house the other day that was presented very well online. Mm. And the home didn't match up literally from the from the approach from the curb all the way to the door. Right. Uh buyers are smarter. But well, sometimes they are. I think that we have to definitely teach them. I I know when I'm looking at a house, I could be like, that house smells. <laughs> that house has mold issues, even though the the pictures are bright and beautiful. You kind of just know. Dogs are great, mm-hmm. but dogs that are smelly, yeah, will hurt you in the long run. Right. I'm just saying. Uh, change number three: the advent of internet real estate sites, Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia. They're everywhere. Again, there's so much information. Buyer can pretty much see everything. Right. And I think sometimes you write. I, I had a, some clients a couple of years back who were very unrealistic in their price range was pretty high mm-hmm. and they wanted to go even higher and then like make a lowball offer. Right. And I explained to them it doesn't work that way. I mean, sometimes it does, but not very typical. Um, it's hard to offer five hundred thousand on seven fifty. Yikes! You know what I mean? Like it was that kind. Okay, so that that's a huge myth. And the worst part be, was my you need to be debunked. Yeah. My buyer was like, "I know you have to present my offer as my realtor." And they read that on realtor.com. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not wrong. They had the info, right? They and that's that's kind of the point is the you know your buyers know a lot more than they ever would before, right? So here's these myths you wanted to bunk. Uh, number one, that I do not need to have the listing agent visit until my home is ready. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Mm-hmm. The sooner you can get the agent in there, the better. And it's better when they see it the way it actually is, because then they could honestly tell you what needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done. Right. We're going to help you maximize the potential of what you have, you know, how to set it up, how to stage it, how to make it most appropriate for someone coming in. Obviously, people don't like when you tell them to take down the personal pictures. Yeah. 
I've had to do that a couple of times this week. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's never a good thing to tell people or to tell somebody that their decorating style mm-hmm. might be considered a little overdone to other people. How do you have that conversation? Right. And those are and where to spend your money. You know, are they going to say, well, should we just upgrade the air conditioning or should we, you know, clean up and fix up the kitchen? You know? Yeah. Clean up and fix up the kitchen. Don't bother with the air conditioning. Yes. Yes. Seller myth number two, I do not need to upgrade the property for sale. Hmm. Uh, you definitely want <laughs> to do huh. what you can. Yeah. If you're going to invest $1,000 in carpets and make $3,000 uh, after doing so, it's a good move. Right. It's simple math. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. Obviously, you got to make sure you know what you're doing and, and what's going to help, what's not going to help, so you're not wasting your time. Myth number three, I need open houses to sell my home. Mm. The myth here is that buyers need to visit your home in person to decide whether they like it or not. Reality is people buy homes off the Internet at an increasing level. Yeah. It's, but you know what? I always do um, an open house if the if that's what the seller wants. You know, I feel like if my face is on that sign, my my face is going to be in that home selling it. Well, especially I think if, if when you're in a neighborhood, yeah, you know, you can bet some locals will probably head on over. Yeah, it's always good to kind of know what's going on. Maybe get some of the dirt in the neighborhood. Make that you neighborhood ever play yours. That game? I, I don't play. No, I don't ask for dirt in the neighborhood. They offer. They offer. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this face, but they're like, hey, let me tell you let me some tell stuff. You some stuff. Yeah. I the other day talked to a neighbor and I got the entire history of. Oh, yeah. Like during like showing. eight houses. It was yeah. the the history of everybody who lived in That's that area. That's actually a really great sales tactic. Well, I mean, if it's a positive conversation, yeah. but the, the neighbor can always sell the house. So if there is a neighbor out gardening, it, it might be worth saying hi. During showings. Um, myth number four. I found this one interesting because everybody does this. I need many open house signs at multiple key intersections. I was always told you need 20 signs. So I would say before the Internet. Yeah. And GPS, 20 signs taking you in from every direction was vitally important. Right. Now I'm typing the address into my phone. I don't even need a sign. Mm. Just a couple of balloons on your sign out front should do the trick. No, no. See, I don't. I You need signs. You do, because that's how everybody's always done it, Abby. Yeah. That doesn't mean it works or it's effective. But Again, what about? I'm not. I don't. Do you ever just drive clients around looking for open houses? Never. No. But if I'm selling my home and I, if I'm thinking, excuse me, if I'm thinking about selling my home and I drive by on a Sunday in my neighborhood, and I see 20 open house signs with balloons, maybe, not Mylar anymore, but um, I want to know that agent. Who is this agent who is, like, working hardcore, and how do I find him or her and talk to her to get them to sell my home? That's who the signs are for. Um, okay. All right. I see what you're doing To get your face out there, get your name out there. It's marketing yourself, not the house well there you go yeah so that's a maybe different that's the myth that's the myth yeah uh and uh here's number five if buyers really want my house they'll pay more than market value <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not a real thing uh buyers know when a property is overpriced and they generally will not go see one right 
they assume the seller is unrealistic. And, and oftentimes when that's the case, yes. That should be the myth. Like if my house is overpriced, people will still see it. Correct. Because yeah. that's definitely the bigger problem here. Right. Uh, for anybody who hasn't sold a home in, in years, there there's rules and and and. You have to the house has to appraise is the number one problem that right. you're going to run into because no one's going to have like 80,000 cash to put down and then they're going to finance the other 240. Nobody does that. No, it's not how it works. You're kidding yourself. Anyway, uh, there's a lot to the process. It's the reason why realtors are so important. Mm -hmm. They have all this information. You still need to explain it to them and you still need to show them how it applies to what they're doing. Now, um, you deal with HOAs much? Um, yeah. Oh, definitely. And some of them are silly. Well, yeah. there's there's a reason you're seeing them, and you might see even more of them. According to new data from the U.S. Census Bureau, 840,000 single-family homes were built in 2018. Of those, 64% were part of HOAs. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the census data on the number of houses sold is even more lopsided. Americans bought 472,000 newly constructed HOA homes in 2018, only 145,000 that weren't. That is a big trend in, in, in the housing market. In tw uh, 2009, so 10 years ago, developers uh, built 279,000 non-HOA homes and 241,000 homes with HOAs. The flip has been, that's amazing. Yeah. And I wonder if it just says something to how people's lifestyles are, you know? So the census data didn't really give reasons, mm. but you can, you can sort of, yeah, guess. I think you can kind of just sort of take it from there. Yeah. I mean, um, if they don't want to bother with taking a, you know, care of a yard or, um, you know, things like that. Maybe people want to travel more. Maybe it could be like a tiny home kind of thing. It's like, I just want a small, simple place to live with no upkeep where I can enjoy my life outside of my home. You know, I've seen some nice developments that are HOA so where there's nice. a lot of shared like greens. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're cool. And again, I think for the right person, it's most beneficial. And a lot of these um, communities are in desirable areas. So like the Britneys in our office, um, they have a new development in downtown Glastonbury that's gorgeous. And it's a great location that the three bedrooms, right? It, they're huge. And it's going to be gorgeous when it when it's all done. Um, and they're flying off the shelves. Yeah. 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 So I, I can definitely see the benefit of this. So that's that's interesting. De being in a desirable area obviously is 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 key right uh <laughs> the kentwood real estate team denver homes group uh made a promotional video abby yes and let's just say it didn't go over well no why not well they deleted this video now <laughs> i tried to watch it I only could see. Yeah, a, I haven't seen it i saw a a news story about it that showed a couple of clips mm-hmm uh, it's a parody of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. Mm. Uh, the video features several of these agents dancing and rapping the theme song, wearing neon 80s style clothes while rapping about selling high-end properties. Yeah. 
it's worse than you're even picturing. I in know. Your head. I can't okay? handle like the thought of it. To be honest, I'm cringing. Criticism started pretty immediately. Uh, people said it was an ad for uh, gentrification, mm. uh, while a local podcaster and anti-gentrification activist called the agents real estate colonialists in what? neon ski attire on Twitter. Oh, my God. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, this doesn't sound so horrible. Here's where things got worse. (laughs) Denver Homes partner, Moore Zucker, told the local news channel that she didn't see anything wrong with what they had put up and that even though their team has no staff members who are people of color, (sighs) she does have black friends. No, she did not say that. She did say it on the news. Oh, no. Just doubling down, very tone deaf. Um, And that's really unfortunate. Um, especially in our industry. I feel bad for them in that, you know how sometimes- Or any industry, sorry. Sometimes you do something just stupid and you don't see it or you don't hear it and everyone else does. I could imagine it's mortifying. Right. But I think if we learned anything in 2019, it's I think you got to own it. Mm Mm-hmm. That is the worst. Like, that's like, I don't know more Zucker, but if somebody posted that on Facebook, my comment would be uh, things racist people say. <laughs> um, yeah. That would be what I would write. Uh, that's not how you, <laughs> that is not how you defend yourself. You say, sorry if I offended you, right. not my intent. And, and, and then you delete the video. Is that her? That's her. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's not what I was picturing. She she seems like the kind of person that would say that. Okay, that's enough. That's all. <laughs> uh, anyway, tough situation out there. I always say this, Abby. If you have to ask somebody if something's offensive, mm-hmm. you've already answered the question. Right. Um, Because words matter. Yeah, very much Words so. matter, and words can be hurtful. They can also... They can also hurt you mm-hmm. in other ways. I'm talking about 11 really bad listing description cliches that you should not use. I was reading this, and I think I literally just made one of these cliches. Did or, you? Yeah, I just did this. Like, can I try to guess which one? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, cliche number one, this one won't last. Done it. Which is great until the house has been on the market for eight <laughs> months and yeah. everyone thinks... You are the worst. That's not good. Uh, you never, you have never used that one, have you? But no, I, I no, maybe I did in the beginning. Um, it ended up selling, thank God. But what? Right. So if you use it <laughs> and it, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. You just fix it within the first week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go just back and take fix that because right that out can of be there. edited. Cliche number two needs TLC or its partner in crime, the handyman special. Mm, I've seen that. I've seen a lot of those. I've seen those where uh, it should say, uh, instead of handyman special, it should say entire construction team required. (laughs) Down to the studs. Yeah. Again, if it's really something realistic that people can do, maybe you could get away with that. But come on. Bring your own plumbing. (laughs) Uh, Here's another another good uh, uh, cliche to avoid. Uh, Number three on the list is cozy or quaint. Definitely done cozy. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we've all done cozy. 
It's fourteen hundred square feet. Yeah. It's cozy. Well, actually, to be fair, the it was a cottage and it was under seven hundred square feet. So, oh wow, it technically was cozy, but not quaint, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another good one. Uh, number four on the list is better than new. <laughs> uh, reality is no, it's not at all right. better than new, <laughs> and no one thinks that. <laughs> nice try, though. Uh, that's. I mean, right? That's something where where uh, your buyer would be like, what do they mean by that? Well, I mean, I guess it all depends on what the buyer's taste is. So let's say the perfect buyer for a better than new home would be it's like um, very modern and clean and, and well cared for, but it has the character of old rather than a McMansion kind of character. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's um, a way I think about that. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, That's not but bad. I still wouldn't. Well, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Here's one I definitely think you've used. Good bones. <laughs> Number five <laughs> is knows. good bones. Yeah. I always do that. No, that's fine. Yeah. That's um, fine because I feel like I've heard you say good bones. Good bones. In regards to oh, even this, homes. This place has got great bones. <laughs> <laughs> it drinks its milk. The buyer uh, probably doesn't understand what that even means. Yeah. Um, Maybe they do because of HGTV. I mean, you're clearly talking about an old house. Back when when foundations and yeah. support beams were strong and solid and thick and not just meeting the city's housing minimum. Right. Uh, number six, too much to list. <laughs> this house is just so awesome. I couldn't possibly tell you all the wonderful things in how many characters do I get? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> this is kind of. I wonder if anyone's done like yada yada yada. Like oh, that, <laughs> that would be, be kind of solid. funny, right? Someone had to have done yeah, that at some point. I'm doing that's it next really time. good. I like it. Um, yeah, just list the info right. and relax yourself. <laughs> Number <laughs> seven, show and sell. It's corny. I've used that. I'm not kidding. I've used that in like the agent notes, like show and sell. Wink, wink. <laughs> show and sell yeah um yeah i hate that one number right, I'll eight stop. number eight is is a, another kind of insulting one yeah. where you're just saying words it's priced to sell rude but that could also <laughs> be um like a wink wink to like motivated seller you know, when you actually need their approval to write motivated seller in the listing. You well, know? motivated seller didn't make this list. Yeah, so that's true. There you go. Price to sell. Number nine is updated. Everyone wants shiny new things. Mm-hmm. No one's going to buy a home marketed with something like built in 65, never updated. Right. <laughs> Right. You just wouldn't do it. Right. Define what updated is. Is that a new fridge? Mm. Uh the cheapest one the seller could find that's an updated kitchen so instead of using generic terms explain it to people because again at the end of the day it's what's going to get them there right number 10 anything that is somewhere else in the property listing yeah there's no need to repeat information in the listing description use the descriptive space for info that's not included anywhere else and then number 11 and <laughs> I want to be nice about this because I know people do it and, and I don't I don't think they understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. When you type everything in caps, that means you're angry and you're yelling at people. That's how the internet has decided to recognize all caps. Mm-hmm. 
I know you're trying to get our attention. Maybe you don't know your caps lock is stuck on. I don't know. <laughs> but whichever one it is, stop doing that. Yeah. It's awful. And Terrible. you're welcome. <laughs> How many are we scratching off the list, Abby, would you say, <sighs> we're, out of those 11? We're doing all of them. <laughs> I might still use Cozy. I like Cozy. I will give People Cozy like a cozy. pass. Yeah. Now, uh, we were talking about, obviously, Inman Connect going on in Vegas. A lot of really cool stuff going on. I kind of alluded to this earlier. The National Association of Realtors is backing six commercial real estate startups. Uh, and I thought we could just kind of run through them. This is really cool. This is stuff we... You'll probably see at least a few of these uh, in the next few years as as your career continues to develop. Uh, the first one's called Twofold. It's a provider of ergonomic and adaptable furniture that can enhance the flexibility and utilization of space. I feel like that's something we're going to see a lot more of in the future. Yeah. It's going to get very Jetsons-like. I can't wait. Yeah. Going to have a lot more space. Yeah. You know what? Because that's... um. That's what people want. I feel like people want streamline. They want something that um, has a specific purpose and and works well, engineered perfectly. I love built-ins in mm-hmm. dining rooms. And yeah. I think there's going to come a time where you're going to be able to literally have a built-in where you're going to be able to push the whole table into it. Oh, I love it. And then you, cool. could, you, could, you could make YouTube videos in your dining room. You could do... You know, it'd be great. There you go. Look at you. <laughs> multi multi-functional space. Uh, here's another company. It's called Byproxy. It's a transaction platform designed to serve real est- uh, commercial real estate buyers, brokers, sellers, and tenants. Hmm. Then there's Lulafit. It's an amenity management firm that provides on-demand wellness and fitness services. What? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, there's Trove. It's a short-term rental management service designed to help landlords maximize revenue. I love that. That's really good. That's a smart company. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, it must be like there's an app and they can like report issues and keep track of, you know, ins and outs of money. I think that's great. Yeah. Then there's COEO, a Mm -hmm. listing service for office, industrial meeting and flex spaces. Okay. Which I expected that to be on this list. Yeah. That, that just makes sense. And then RSE Simple, which is a commercial real estate lending platform. Uh, Ridge Commercial will provide class memberships with mentorship, education, networking opportunities, and access to a panel of more than 50,000 industry professionals who could provide feedback. The startups have demonstrated solid business models executionable business plans and significant potential to influence our nation's economy according to the national association of realtors i will say this you know you pay your dues every year um i know people in other industry don't like when they're sort of forced into a union of sorts if you will um nar what you pay in i feel like you get back tenfold yeah they are always working towards the future and making life for members easier. Right. And all and the benefits like they that. have. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy that relationship. It's a good one. It really is. Um, because people people feel a certain way about real estate agents based on an experience or two. Mm-hmm. Or one bad news story or the other. And that's pretty much it. Right. Um, if you're thinking about becoming an agent. 
you need a clear view of what it's like so you could start out on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Here's 10 real estate agent myths that people on the outside believe. Number one, you're going to make a big income very easily with little work and very <laughs> little time involved. Right. Now, I will say realtors keep unusual schedules sometimes. But if you want to be successful, it's like anything else. You've got to put more time and more effort in. Right. And that is the way to build out your business and to be successful. So, no. No. You're not going to just sell three houses a month and work about eight hours. That's I mean, unless it all depends on what success means to you. I mean, if you just want to sell a couple, maybe 10 houses a year, you know, six houses a year, you can do that with minimal effort. Yes. You have to have a huge sphere and be very charismatic and good at your job. But, you know, I mean, obviously that takes effort. You're going to have to be the kind of person (laughs) that walks up to somebody in a treadmill and says, hi, I'm a realtor. You're yeah. looking to buy or sell or no one, have, anyone who is. You're going to have to have your swag on at all times. Um, but obviously, if you really want to make a successful, lasting business, um, there, I mean, you're working 24 hours a day. Uh, I like number two. It's you need the looks and personality of a major movie star. Mm. I don't know where this myth came from or which real estate agent uh, made TV. this list. Yeah, that's TV. Because I guess you know, so. They always look plastic. On you got to look HGTV ready, right? Uh, and that's not true. I have I have met some very weird people who are very good real estate agents. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You know what you have to be, the kind of person people can trust. Yeah. I Someone mean, who de- who does what they say they're going to do. If you're Hollywood gorgeous, that could only help. Right. But you got to know your stuff. Right. And you have to be someone that they and can trust. And if you are Hollywood gorgeous, you got to wear your sunscreen because that doesn't last. <laughs> <laughs> Here is myth number three about real estate agents. You have to be a technology expert. And that's just not true. You can hire an assistant. One hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, you want someone that knows the technology. From my experience, yeah, that's not true. Um, it helps though. Yeah, you, look, you could get by without it. Yeah, you could put twenty signs up at your it would open be, house. Um, it would make your business it would be harder for you in business, but not necessary. True. Uh, number four, it takes a long time to make some income. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, <laughs> you're not making money in the first 60 days. You're no. Not, that's for sure. Yeah, obviously. Minimal. Yeah, because you, you're going 60. You get the house under contract, then you got to at least wait 45 days to right. get your check. Yeah. In best case scenario. This is a long-term play. Right. If you're going to get into real estate. Mm-hmm. And if you're in real estate, you know what we're talking about. You're like, yes. Uh, number five, the hours you will put in will be less than a regular job. <laughs> that is a myth. You're going to do you're going to be on par with every job. Yeah. You're going to probably work about 40 hours a week. Maybe some weeks you can get by at 35, others you'll be closer to 50. Right. It's a trade-off. There's going to be busy times and there's going to be less busy times. Myth number 6 is that you could do real estate part-time. Again, I mean, you could do it, but are you really doing it? Yeah. I've done real estate part-time and I um I felt like it was a disservice to my clients. I agree. I had years where I definitely paid more money to be a realtor than I made from being a realtor. Mm -hmm. Those were not great years. Yeah, I'm glad that those times have changed. Well, it's a waste of time. Right. But I was always, 
you know, my dad's had his real estate license since 1970. And he's always been adamant that I have a license, whether I'm active or not. Mm. And so I've always maintained it. And Did I you got you, yours when you were like 18, right? I No, I went for my real estate classes when I was 18. Okay. I didn't get my license until 2005, but gotcha. I had taken the classes in 93. I just <laughs> needed I needed time to study for the, for the tests. <laughs> and I took 12 years. Uh, number seven, people will be flocking to me to sell their homes and people will be giving me leads all day long. I actually believed that in the beginning. Isn't it's, that sad? Well, you, well, here's what you don't know when you get into real estate. You're not the only person. No. You're not the only person that anybody knows that's a realtor. Right. And But here's the good thing about real estate is there is enough business for everybody. So if you are actually in the business and working hard, you can be successful and get those leads, but they don't just come to you. Like I remember getting my business cards. I'm like, oh, this is it. I got my business cards. I'm done. <laughs> this is all loaded. I need. Here it comes. Yeah. Um, no, definitely Here not. Here comes the money. Yeah. Um, people will flock to you, but you're going to have to give them a reason to. Yeah. So. There it is. Yep. Number eight, I don't need any training or support. I got this. Never felt that way. I will say this. Everywhere I've been since 2005 in real estate has come equipped with all sorts of training mm -hmm. at all different levels on all different subjects. And if there's a reason why from 1993 to 2005 I didn't get my license, Abby, it was because I felt as a young man. I didn't know what I was talking about. Mm. I didn't own my own home. I so remember that. Why was I was going to sell you a home? Right. I didn't think I would. I would be good at it, or or. And I had been around it my whole life, and it wasn't until I started doing it when I realized. I don't want to say it's easy, but it was definitely within my skill set. Yeah, it's in your wheelhouse. Definitely. I didn't know. I doubted myself. Yeah, I was a little nervous in the beginning. I always knew that I needed training, and so that's why I went to um, our broker, Sanam. Um, her training has been integral to the success of my business. And I thank myself every day for choosing her from day one um, in every transaction I do, you know, honestly. And I still learn things every day from other agents, but um, I still, you know, learn the majority from her. When someone invests as much of their time into your training as you do, yeah, you're definitely going to feel a sense of, I got to get this done. Right. You know, I, 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 I feel like the same way about our broker. I mean, I'll, I would do anything for Sanab and I, and I really try not to let her down Yeah. in any way, shape or form. Uh, again, I think when people are taking a vested interest in you, uh, you gotta, you just, you gotta raise your game. Yep. Uh, number nine, you need to know a lot of people to be successful. It helps. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to know a ton of people. It helps to know the right people, or at least if you don't know a ton of people or the right people, to have a good amount of people you can rely on. If you have a sphere of influence of like 10 people, but they've got a big sphere and, and can sort of work you through their network, you I've can heard make it work. So many stories of realtors who have moved to different parts of the, of the country um, and had to start from zero and have been wildly successful, more successful than me in, in many ways. And, you know, it all just depends on how hard you want to work. So that's that's not true. Here's myth number 10. All brokerages are the same, so I can hang my license pretty much anywhere. I think that we just covered that. We did. Yeah. Yeah. You need 
a broker that believes in you and will support you in your business? I was going through a divorce right around the time I got into real estate. Mm-hmm. And so happens I worked for a company in Cheshire that had a bunch of guys that worked there. More men than I'd seen in many, most other real estate offices. And we had like a monthly poker game. And I mean, they were, I had some, some wonderful female friends and we used to go for drinks on Thursdays. It was the right office at the right time in my life because I needed the camaraderie yeah. as much as I needed anything the happy else. hour. And <laughs> now I'm in an office where it's training intensive and that's what I need now for my game to continue going up levels. Not only the training, but also the fact that our brokerage um, is really big on building you and your brand rather than making he or him or her uh, larger in the community or building, you know, that brand. Um, so where we are, you know, we all have our own marketing um, that has our name and our face on it. And, um, you know, our own logos, our own business model. Um, and she works really hard to make sure that we're successful in that way. Cause he, we're the name, not yes, her. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, look at, at the end of the day, you got to be in a place that gives you what you're looking for. That, yeah. That suits your needs and, and fits whatever you're doing in life and wherever you are and whatever motivations you need, but know that that's a very important thing, finding the right broker and, and the right office to be in. Right. Um, our final story of this podcast today, um, creepy comes at a weird time. Uh, August is actually the 50th anniversary of the shocking 1969 murders of Leno and Rosemary LaBianca inside their home. Uh, the house, the mansion is going on the market officially now for $1.98 million. Uh, Charles Manson, obviously, uh, committed the crime it's well actually he didn't right it was his followers well right or did he, he actually i don't did he i don't people? think he actually did any of the i mean he yeah. made other people do it right um it was a day after uh the sharon tate murder it, i mean it was a bad time but it's one of those like cult things it's like a oh yeah you know, just people are sort of obsessed with these sorts of properties right $1.98 million is a lot of money. Uh, the house is listed on Redfin, 331 Waverly Drive. It's a classic 1920s Los Feliz gated single-story st- home, breathtaking views in a prime location. Wow, it's gorgeous. Well, No mention of the murders no, in the no listing, mention, as, yeah. as you could imagine. Um, oh, man. Would you Would you buy a house that had a history like that? If you could afford $1.98 million? No. I'd keep looking. I mean, I'm sure someone will. Is it still on the market? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. It's really nice. <laughs> and $2 million? I think it's worth it. I don't know if what I could think? sleep in a house like that. It would bug me out a little bit. Oh, I like the tile in the bathroom. I saw a ghost once. I told you that story. Yeah, you did tell me that. I don't believe you. You don't believe I me? I don't. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't believe in I'm ghosts. I'm going to tell my ghost story. <laughs> All right, go ahead. On the Halloween episode. No, oh, okay. I'm not going to tell it now. We'll save it. It's the truest story I've ever told. Yeah, sure. I still got, you know how you know it's a true story? 
I get goosebumps when I tell it. All right. That means yeah. that you believe it, so that's great. I do. It gets cold in here, too. You know what? I think that this house um, has a lot of potential, and um, you know, maybe you could put it on like a like a ghost tour or something, or you know, it could be on the HGTV ghost tour house TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, people would go see it. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, or maybe Airbnb. This would be a fabulous Airbnb. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right? Can you imagine? Because mm. I think you can stay in like Bukowski's house too on Airbnb. Um, oh, that's what we should have done with the Mike Tyson house. We should have bought it and put it on Airbnb. <sighs> Missed opportunity. Next time. Yeah. For sure. Make sure you visit ClosingTimePodcast.com. Get all the latest news. All of these stories will be linked up. There's great tips for buyers, sellers, agents, and so much so much more. Also, uh, you can get all of our previous podcast episodes. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And for real estate branding videos, live streaming, and so much more, visit ClosingTimePodcast.com and click on the CMG Real Estate link. It is going to be a scorcher today. It's a good day to have a pool. One of the <laughs> rare times of the year where I get any sort of pleasure out of this horrible pool I bought. Yeah, the one weekend a year when a pool in Connecticut <laughs> is worth it. <laughs> stay cool, stay inside if you can. For Abby Bro, I'm Joe McGuire. Thank you for listening to the Closing Time Podcast.